Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of dural venous sinuses found under the neurology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A previously healthy 29-year-old female presents with a progressive, diffuse headache and vomiting. She has no active illnesses, takes a multivitamin, and an oral contraceptive. On exam, there is edema on the scalp, papilledema on fundoscopy, and bilateral muscle weakness. Non-contrast head CT shows a hyperdense lesion in a part of the superior sagittal sinus. Dural venous sinuses are reflections in dura mater where meningeal and periosteal layers split. They function in returning blood from cerebral veins to the internal jugular vein. One example of a dural venous sinus is the superior sagittal sinus. It is superior to the falx cerebri and is a tributary of the confluence of sinuses. Another example is the inferior sagittal sinus. It is inferior to the falx cerebri and is a tributary to the straight sinus. The cavernous sinus is lateral to the cella tersica. It is a tributary of the transverse sinus and the sigmoid sinus. It contains cranial nerves 3, 4, V1, V2, 6, and the internal carotid. One clinical correlate is a cavernous sinus thrombosis. This is due to the spread of infection from the superficial and deep face to the cavernous sinus. Patients present with symptoms relating to compression of cranial nerves. Cranial nerve 6 is usually affected first, and the patient is unable to abduct the eye. Another clinical correlate is venous sinus thrombosis. This leads to an increase in intracranial pressure, and obstruction increases venous pressure. Consequences include decreased capillary perfusion pressure, impairment of the blood-brain barrier leading to vasogenic edema, impairment of CSF reabsorption, brain parenchymal damage, and venous hemorrhage. Causes of venous sinus thrombosis include prothrombotic diseases, including factor V Leiden mutation, protein C or S deficiency, or antithrombin deficiency. Other causes include oral contraceptives, pregnancy, and malignancy. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to dural venous sinuses, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 34-year-old G3P3 woman with a history of migraines presents with several weeks of headaches. The headaches are unlike her usual migraines and are worse in the morning. This morning, she had an episode of emesis prompting her to seek medical care. She also has some right-sided weakness, which she believes is related to a new exercise routine. Her mother is a breast cancer survivor. Her medications include oral contraceptives and ibuprofen as needed, which has not helped her current headaches. She drinks two to three alcoholic drinks on the weekends and does not smoke. Physical examination is remarkable for bilateral papilledema. Motor exam is notable for upper and lower extremity strength 4 out of 5 on the right and 5 out of 5 on the left. Magnetic resonance venography demonstrates absent flow in the left venous sinuses. Which of the following predisposed this patient to her current condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1. History of migraines Choice 2. Alcohol use Choice 3. Ibuprofen use Choice 4. Oral contraceptive use Choice 5. Family History
And the correct answer is choice four, oral contraceptive use. This patient presents with headache, focal weakness, and magnetic resonance venography consistent with venous sinus thrombosis secondary to a hypercoagulable state from contraceptive use. Venous sinus thrombosis presents with signs of increased intracranial pressure, such as morning headaches and vomiting, as well as focal neurological signs, most commonly motor weakness. It is associated with hypercoagulable states, such as antiphospholipid syndrome, factor V Leiden, and oral contraceptive use. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. History of migraines is unrelated to venous sinus thrombosis, and this patient's headaches are not due to a migraine. Choice 2. Alcohol use may predispose to stroke. However, this patient has minimal alcohol use and is presenting with absent flow in the venous sinuses, which is more consistent with venous sinus thrombosis. Choice 3. Ibuprofen use does not lead to venous sinus thrombosis. Rather, NSAIDs have antiplatelet properties and are used to prevent thrombosis. Choice 5. A family history of hypercoagulable states may increase the risk of venous sinus thrombosis. Additionally, although malignancy increases hypercoagulability, this patient has no signs of breast cancer and is still fairly young. Finally, a bullet summary. Venous sinus thrombosis may occur in patients using oral contraceptives due to hypercoagulability. That's all for this review about dural venous sinuses. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session from MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we would be thrilled if you would consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.